0: One week season. OWS fam, the nation, my dudes and dudettes. Hilo here bringing you the Betting Extremes podcast where we take a look at some of the extremes in both spreads and uh, game totals so we can try and get a sense of some positive expected value plays, a little bit of DFS action, and some betting action all wrapped into one. As always, I am joined by my main man, Pavel. Pavel, what is going
1: on, brother? Hey, brother. How are you I uh can't believe it's all back and it's shell, NBA, NFL, everything's going on. It is the best time of the year. Yeah, dude. We got Shell, we got
0: NBA going on, NFL. It's did you uh did you were you able to knock out a bunch of NBA best ball?
1: Yeah, I was able to max underdog and then I was able to only get like almost a hundred in the twenty dollar. I think it filled halfway so I'm looking at a double up at least so I'm pretty excited about that but there's just not enough time to get it all in yeah that's legit there was a pretty good chunk of overlay across the industry oh yeah 54% on underdog so and rarely does underdog make that type of mistake so it was nice to take advantage yeah yeah right how about the car We're going to be waiting a couple weeks for the car, but at least it's in the shop now. So positive things coming. Got a pretty sweet Kia, though.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Hiding around in the Kia. Nice, dude. Get that rental Kia. Yeah. For a couple weeks. (laughs) Awesome. Pretty extreme this week. Yeah, it's pretty extreme, right? there's a lot of extremities so I'm gonna go ahead <laughs> and start with Broncos Browns over under 42 and a half easily the lowest total on the slate I'm thinking the under on this one especially since Bakers seems like he's gonna play but he's gonna play with the lay room and a hurt shoulder no Nick Chubb no Kareem Hunt Broncos are ailing too a little bit and I just see this just being like a slug them you know just run it down their throats kind of game and then the browns obviously just gonna probably need be able to get nothing done on offense against the broncos defense yeah it's kind of interesting setup where there's
0: injured quarterbacks on both sides um we have a slow pace of play um this is one that i could see going either way but i lean to the under um particularly with kind of the trajectories of both of these teams, you know, their grounds coming off of that big loss, obviously they, you know, they were supposed to go into Arizona and, and give the last undefeated team in the league remaining a run for their money for, and then they just kind of just fell, fell flat on their face. They obviously have both of their running backs out. We've got Teddy over in Denver, who's, apparently better than um, Drew Locke injured because he got the start this past week. It's kind of an interesting dynamic to this game. I'm actually, I'm looking forward to watching this game to like, you ever get like that game where it like you expect it to be so
1: bad, but like you're so intrigued. That's kind of this game for me that's how i always feel about these types of like crappy thursday night games i like watching bad teams play well actually not that <laughs> yeah. the broncos are a bad team but they're not like the most sexy team to watch you know but yeah, yeah there's a lot of ex- cool exciting things that could happen in this game and i agree with you this game could go over but just the you know the framework of the game and how it looks right now i, I lean towards the under as well or obviously i lean towards the under here i see paths to the over you know you never know when a random shootout comes Yeah, yeah. Tend to happen, you know, as variant as NFL. There's have like the highest variance of game styles. So, you know, like I said, I see this as the under, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it went over, especially with Baker playing hurt.
0: Yeah. And you look at like historical numbers. Um, We talked about, uh, what was it, two weeks ago, we talked about teams traveling, um, for across the pond games. Well, the Thursday night games are similar in a sense that like historical trends, they typically play to the under, um, talk about a short week, you talk about traveling within that short week and, and all the, all the good stuff that goes into like getting an NFL team ready to play a game. Well, when you take three days of your preparation out, you're really left with, you know, one good practice day you're left with traveling and all that good stuff. And and typically historically there's a game's play to the under. So um, historically I like it. I'm with you on the under, even with a modest 42.5 game total. Um, but there's a little bit of added intrigue for me for
1: this one. I have to say, remember like two, three years ago, the game was like a 40 game. Like it was, miserable most of these thursday night are pretty exciting to watch
0: yeah yeah i think that the nfl did a pretty solid job with scheduling the primetime games um over the past couple of years it, it used to be just like a like mixed bag they paid yeah. no particular attention to it but now they it seems that thursday games sunday night football games obviously monday night football games have gained a little bit of traction here definitely All right, man. Yeah. So like you said earlier, very extreme week, right? We have like all these high spreads. We have all these low game totals. Um, It's like super interesting dynamic to the week overall. I'm going to go, since you started with the Thursday night football game, I'm going to go to the other end with the Monday night football game. and We're going to take a look at the next lowest total game of the new Orleans saints and the Seattle Seahawks current over under of 43.5. It hasn't moved much and I don't expect it to move much. Saints go into Seattle, obviously um, playing a backup quarterback and are favored by four and a half points. But I want to talk about the game total. So 43 and a half. And this is one where I actually like the over. And the reason is the saints, we, we know pretty much exactly what we're going to get from the saints this year. Um, you know, with the quarterback change, with the changing dynamic of the team, we're going to get a team who likes to run the football. And when they throw, they're going to be looking deep down the field. Well, if you we look at how that kind of lines up with Seattle, And the saints should really be able to attack this game in any way that they please. And I like their possibilities for splash plays on the side of the saints. And when the Seahawks, we know how they're obviously going to be able or going to want to be attacking here with Gino at quarterback, they're going to be wanting to run the football, but you know, obviously they're going to, be able to and capable of opening up the offense should they fall behind. And I like this game for splash plays on both sides because of that. And it's probably going to start a little bit slow, but as the game goes on, you know, both of these teams have playoff aspirations. Both of these teams need a win basically from this, uh, intra-conference game so i like the game to pick up as it moves on and have a good chance of going over here what are your thoughts
1: yeah i thought Geno smith didn't look that bad on sunday i i was pretty impressed with how he looked he had some pretty decent throws and had that awful that was him right radio that awful fumble right
0: yeah dude i i even i mentioned something on twitter that like i almost feel bad for the kid because like
1: he played a great game and then he yeah. just
0: fumbled it away. Yeah. It always seems like no matter how well he plays, like the last 2 minutes he's just always going to give the game away. It's like yeah. regardless and like the fumble like he's trying to escape the pocket and he gets TJ Watt looping back around on his blind side and strips him
1: and pops like
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like we've seen Russ like escape and make that play like 100 times and it's like gino's in there oh it's a fumble yeah literally
1: i i like the overall game as well obviously the saints have been in that conservative style but james is still james thing he's he's doing what he likes to do still so i definitely run this game michael thomas is still not going to be back so that's a little yeah. drawback but they're starting to use Kamara back now. Kamara's gotten a lot better usage. They're seeing what really works. And yeah, once Geno Smith hits that one long touchdown to DK Metcalf, they're gonna have to really start expanding a little bit and airing the ball out a little more. Yeah, and
0: I think the absence
1: of Michael Thomas actually
0: helps this game for the over. Um, in the sense that you look at like who they have left right now as pass catchers and like it's pretty All deep much threats, yeah. Yeah, it's like intermediate to deep threats. So um yeah this game it's likely to start slow but i could see it popping
1: yeah i can't wait for monday the monday night's games even have been great like monday bill's game was excellent
0: yeah dude yeah that's what i'm saying like i think
1: the nfl is definitely paying attention to these these prime time setups finally (laughs) if only they pay attention to anything else (laughs) yeah right perfect all right so next extreme nurse i am I don't even know which one to pick, to be honest. So I'm going to actually go with the Jets-Patriots. We just saw this game happen recently. We have an over-under 42.5. I, I expect i to continue to see ghosts. Patriots are still <laughs> going to do this, you know, conservative, run the ball, hide Mac Jones, let's not let Mac Jones throw the ball-type offense. And I think they're going to just easily beat the Jets again and just be one of those low-scoring, grinded-out Patriots-style games. And especially do you really, did you know the jets are like the worst first half team in the NFL? Like they've scored, I think it was like 13 points that were showing on the telecast on Sunday. And so I don't see how they're going to come out in the first quarter against this off defense again, you know, trying to fix that. I don't see that happening.
0: Yeah. I I'm with you here on the under, um, watch for like these games, like with these low game totals, like watch this be the one that surprises. That would be just hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, the the Patriots, obviously we know that they're going to be conservative. We know that they're going to be wanting to win games with their defense and, and not have to have Mac Jones win the game for them. Um, obviously we saw it open up a little bit with that, you know, 75 yard touchdown to Kendrick Bourne. Um, last week but this this offense is is more predicated on running the football timing short area work um and then obviously the jets are in
1: struggle city um that touchdown was awesome for best i jumped out of my seat
0: yeah that's like we just need one there it is
1: (laughs) oh he's given us like three usable weeks already i he's love Kendrick board
0: Yeah, it's like the basically the same as as Jacoby Myers, (laughs)
1: except he scores touchdowns.
0: (laughs) No, that's what I'm saying. Useful weeks wise, he's
1: like he's provided already as many as Jacoby Myers. (laughs) Yeah, cool. I don't think this one really needs that much discussion. I mean, it's pretty. I feel like it's one of the more obvious spots on the slate. Yeah. Yep. For sure. I
0: concur. All right. I'm going to go to one of these high. Spread games and we have four of them, four games with a spread of nine and a half points or more, which is insane. We have Washington football team who's nine and a half point dogs on the road at the Packers. We have um the next one is the Chicago Bears 12 and a half point dogs on the road in Tampa Bay we have Houston Texans 17 point dogs on the road in Arizona <laughs> and, and Detroit Lions with 15 and a half point dogs on the road at the Rams i made a joke that the nfl should pull the jaguars off their bye and send them on the road because it's like all these bottom feeder teams are like on the road this week Sacrificed. as heavy day yeah right it's insane dude but the one I want to talk about is
1: the Lions at the Rams. I'm glad you chose this one. I really wanted to talk about this one.
0: Yeah, so this dude, this game current over under of 50 and a half with a 15 and a half point spread. And I want to look at the home favorites here at 15 and a half. And the reason I like this game spread in particular is it's basically right now it is at a kind of weird total, I guess at 15 and a half, you know, we have these other, the other games are all kind of around a magic number for the NFL. And what I mean by that is like, how do teams score points? They obviously they kick field goals. They score touchdowns with a, PAT and those are the most common like spreads kind of aggregate around those numbers. And this is the one where it is nowhere near like a magic number. And when I see that from a betting perspective, I want, I immediately ask like, why, why is this, why is Vegas setting this line like Not different, but like in a like funky manner that is not around like one of those magic spreads. And like, I can't find an answer for this game. So it's like highly intriguing to me. Like, obviously this goes into like line psychology and Vegas trying to get like equal amount of action on each side of the game. All that good stuff that we've explored throughout the season. But like, I don't know why I can't figure out for the life of me why this one has a spread of 15 and a half and not somewhere around like a a standard NFL number. Also, when that's the case, I kind of, it makes me a little bit question like the, the away dog in the sense that like it's a little bit more expected value wise, it's a little bit more on the side of the massive massive favorite here. Uh, so I actually like the Rams out of all the uh, there's actually two of the four out of the massive spread games that I actually like the home favorite and this is one of them and I'm sure we'll get to the uh, the other one later. but I like the Rams to cover the 15 and a half here. Your thoughts
1: yeah i mean i don't have the data into you know these larger spreads but the lions suck when your coach is throwing you under the bus i feel like there's an issue Jared Goff cannot get the ball out they're losing to what was uh frank greg now they lost him for the year they're, they're struggling to even run the ball now and i think the rams are just going to blow them out too as well i don't see how the lions can really keep up in this game especially at Rams are at home, they're just gonna keep on the up tempo, deep pass, they're just screwed. And yeah. And you have the revenge factor, right? I think McVeigh is just gonna want to embarrass Scoff. Uh,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, that's a whole different story. Like when
0: when you see a game like this where it's a such a high spread, like there's two different ways that the the away dog typically will approach these games. Like one is rush the football at an increased rate to try and keep the ball away from the opposition. And two is try and go toe to toe, right? Well, the lions basically have decreased chances at trying to rush the football at an increased rate. Obviously you mentioned Frank rag. Now they do have a, a pretty solid offensive line, but with the injuries and with the way that they've been playing this year, um, it's really decreases the chances for you know DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams to see increased workload on the ground. Uh, we know that those backs are adept and fully capable of handling a workload through the air. You know DeAndre Swift. I was looking at his um, receiving numbers the other day, kind of get an idea of this game, and he's seen like sit between six and seven targets in like four out of six games. Something like that. Oh wow. Yeah, dude. So his receiving work is absolutely locked in. But again, that is more out of necessity in how these Lions games have been going. We, you know, figured that the bulk of this offense is going to run through the running backs through the air and the tight end position. And it's been a little bit more hit or miss than we would like to see with Hawkinson and Swift. Um Agreed. And Jamal Williams. So yeah, it's, it's been kind of interesting and that leads me to back to the head coach, back to the game plans, back to, you know, like, how are they approaching games? And obviously with like the, with the coaching staff that they have, this team is like more built around, like, we're going to outwork them. We're going to be high octane. And it's like, yeah, but you're, you, just you need the talent. The, you don't have the talent at all. Yeah. So, yeah. I like the Rams here to cover. Um, And it's a little bit more driven by my intrigue with where this line
1: is set. Yeah. I mean, I, you had some pretty good there, So, dude. And Lions. I mean, could they be this for only. We only have one team to go perfectly bad, right? 0 oh, 16.
0: Um, I'm trying to think now. I think it was more. It's obviously it's happened more often than a perfect winning season, which is
1: because I know the Lions were the last ones to go perfectly bad, and I think they did go perfectly bad again this year. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to think. Like the Jets didn't do it under Gase. They kept winning games at the end of the season and destroying their draft
1: picks. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to look at that. 16 NFL teams. Only five teams have gone winless. The 2017 Cleveland Browns are the most recent. Oh, geez. We forgot all about everyone. Remember our favorite? Everyone's like kind of a Browns fan. Remember there was that portion where they were so bad and then they started getting a little bit better. So everyone started being kind of a Browns fan and they were just like, oh, no, we don't care. You guys are kind of good or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh well for my last one, it was a tough choice because there's two big extremes I really liked to look at. So hopefully hoping you're the, the other one. Titans over under a fifty-seven. That is uh, I asked, dude. that is a massive line. And personally, I think the under here is well. But I see paths to both ways. So first titans are just given Derrick Henry, the rock, that guy, the big dog, is just the best football player in the history. Chiefs offense has been sputtering, but what helps your offense when you're struggling? Playing a really crappy defense. Titans played pretty good against Josh Allen last week, but their corners are not good. Chiefs need to... Like, we haven't had that like signature Mahomes game yet. I keep pumping it up every week until it comes, because it's coming. He's going to have this big explosion game. <laughs> Julio got hurt again, and AJ Brown, I guess, didn't play full snap. So I can see this one going under with the Chiefs blowout.
0: That was an interesting game to watch, the Titans game um, this past week. And, like, talk about, like, good TV, man. Holy crap. Oh, that was so fun. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, the um, basically AJ Brown played almost every snap up until, like, late, like, after the third quarter he was like gutting it out and playing almost every snap. And then like when the game was on the line where, you know, it was like the last two drives, that's when he was like out, which was interesting. He like finally hit his wall. Um, Derek Henry made a joke on, on the Twitter verse that um, he was glad that they had enough toilet paper for him um, dealing with the dealing with the stomach bug, the, the food poisoning um and i she like was playing
1: I, with food poisoning
0: yeah he was playing with food poisoning who he picked up the not the day prior but uh it was like 36 hours prior um he was
1: hilarious him.
0: yeah yeah so um it was interesting to see him get it out for so long and then just hit this wall where he's like yep nope i can't like i'll be right back i don't uh, know but, that yeah, to this to this game, I actually lean to the over. And the reasoning is obviously we have Kansas City and a lot has been made of like um the Chiefs like box scores, but they're still the most efficient offense in the NFL up to this point. And when you look at Tennessee, like they have injuries on the backside now in cre they were like down to three healthy corners. Um this last game, with I think they picked up two injuries during the game as well. So, like, this is a team who not only are they like terrible on defense, but now they're like highly, highly struggling with injuries on the back end. And when we look at like how a team is best capable of like trying to win a game against Kansas City, and that obviously is around the run and um the short area passes obviously Kansas City has struggled a little bit with the deep pass as well this year so that has been an issue with that cover two uh defense that they like to run but um when we look at how this like game sets up overall I actually am am highly drawn to the over with Kansas City like or with Tennessee likely coming out and you know handing the Ball to Derrick Henry, given him 30 plus touches, and there is an increased chance that you know they're able to be successful in that attack. So I like Kansas City to remain aggressive here, and that's really all that we can ask for. You know, when you get an offense that has, it's been about a, a season and a half where, you know, the, w- this team used to be a team where we're like, Oh, we can count on them to run up scores. We can count on them to remain aggressive. And then just like it shifted. And I don't know where that shift came from. I don't know why that shift came uh, from Andy Reed. And it probably has a little bit to do with their defense and and how their defense was playing a little bit better this past season Um, but now they're back to like a defense that they're going to have to put up points on offense because their defense just is not playing the same. Um, so I think we're starting to see that transition back from Kansas city to a team that understands that they're just going to have to score points to win games. Um, and that's why I kind of like the over here, um, before I think the field and, and betting sharps are kind of on this, the shift from Kansas city.
1: Yeah. I like, like I said, when I started, I can see this game going both ways. I think they need to run the ball more, even more, to you know keep the ball out of the- Mahomes' hands. So I can see the game starting that way. And it's kind of what we talked about last week about that Chargers and Ravens game. It can start out really, really slow, especially if they're trying to establish the run. But then it's going to have to expand. So it all depends on when the game starts. You know, expanding. So I'm really this is going to be one of the most exciting games. I'm glad it's a one o'clock game.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, dude. This is like this is the game environment. You know, we have a, a line that's. We say only five and a half. That's like it's funny that we have a week where we can say that, um, but yeah, this high game total, closer game line, and two offenses that have the playmakers to just absolutely open
1: things up for them. Sweet. So let's uh, let's hear your last one, and I'm hoping it's the one I was going to choose.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be actually. I'm going to go back to the high spread games and the other one where um it's set in a weird you know away from magic spread line is the chicago bears at Tampa okay Bay this Bugs. was the one okay cool great yeah so another one that's the line is super confused i confused um it's currently set at 12 and a half with a game total of 47 and this is the other game where the away dog is not likely to be able to attack in their preferred manner. And what do I mean by that? The bears are trying to run the football. They're trying to hide fields. Um, and now they have an opponent that is number one against the run. They obviously, um, over the past two seasons, or season and a half, I should say, have faced the lowest amount of rushing attempts against. It's like teams are just like, yo, dude, sorry, we're not even going to try against this team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and when that is the case, like, obviously, the Tampa Bay also has an offense that is capable and um, of putting up these massive points on their side. So I like Tampa Bay... Um, Seeding the points, 12 and a half. I like them to cover here. And it basically comes down to, like, what do we expect out of the Bears here? And for me, it's not a lot.
1: Same here. I mean, that play, I cannot wait for Mac Nagy to get fired. They have this talent. They have this such a piece to use, and they're just not using them right. And they're going to have to throw the ball this week. So just a little Look, I really like Cole Komet this week. I think this is kind of a week you can get a couple extra plays in. We haven't seen anything really big from him, but he's a really cheap play that I've been looking at already. Um, they're kind of the ball. This offense the defense is literally one of the best run defenses in the NFL. The corners are weak, so maybe they'll start letting him air out the ball a little bit. Maybe we'll see Allen Robinson rise from the dead. But I mean, this offense is just pathetic, and they have they have no chance of slowing down the pay, the Bucks.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Bucks are basically going to be able to, you know, Chicago is has been struggling on the back end um, more so than we've seen from them, and that would be the only, basically, the only way that Chicago covers here is if their defense were to step up. Uh, but they've really been struggling on the on the back half of their defense, allowing a lot of production to opposing wide receivers. Where does Tampa Bay run their offense through the wide receivers? So, um, yeah, I like this uh, this game to really. It's more of a a sense of what do we expect from Chicago because
1: we kind of know what we're going to get from Tampa Bay here. Yeah, I can. I might actually be at this game, so I'm pretty excited.
0: Oh yeah, nice, dude. Are you working or for pleasure?
1: Pleasure. And Nice. Yeah, right. Watch my bears get crushed.
0: Oh, that's right, dude. This is a big game for you. It's like your hometown team against your for real hometown team. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I can't wait. Well, cool, man. That is all I got. I think that is gonna be a wrap for us for week seven. Week seven, dude. That's insane. Yep. Bye week hell is here. Yeah. And add in all the injuries at running back. Holy smokes.
1: It has been a crazy year.
0: All right, brother. Well, that is all I got, man. I wish you the best with the car, with the job. Hopefully, you can make it to the game and kind of let go a little bit. Let your hair down.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Hopefully, I'll be here next week.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no joke. <laughs> Take it easy, man. Always love right, talking yo. to you. Yep, we will catch you next week. See you, rugby. What? Uh, sorry, it was like saying both C O W S, fam. Crushed it. Oh man, it's too early. <laughs> too early, man. Later.